0: Welcome to Around Kansas. We've got a fun wildlife segment for you today. I'm Deb Goodrich. And I'm Michelle Martin. And you might notice some unusual animals behind us today. And this is the John Brown Jayhawk. And a few years ago, the town of Lawrence, where the Jayhawks are, of course, um, where the Jayhawks uh, run wild actually, um, commissioned various artists to interpret the Jayhawk, and this is our favorite, John Brown from the Tragic Prelude portrayed as a Jayhawk. I'm sorry, you just can't get any better than that.
1: And behind me, we have a Wyoming cowboy riding the range, rounding up cattle on his trusty jackalope. Yes, you, you heard it right, folks. He's riding a jackalope. So there's another one of our mythic creatures on Wildlife Wednesday. Well, you take advantage of what
0: you have, you know, it just all depends. And so today we're talking about made up creatures, or maybe they're made up. Now, the Jayhawk likely comes from the Irish, and where else would it come from? And the Jayhawk was a bird that the Irish described as something between a jay and a hawk, and it would just worry its prey to death. So you might ask the Missouri Tigers about that, if that's accurate. And um, some of Fun the- basketball it is. That's right. And um, so uh, it's, uh, of course, uh, became synonymous with um, the Kansans, certain Kansans during the Civil War and the folks who would loot and plunder over in Missouri and uh, bless their hearts. Um, so that's when it became widespread here. I think the first mention of the Jayhawk was in the gold fields of California uh, before that time. And that's when it started being written up and, and it was referred to. But um, unless, you know, maybe you've seen a real Jayhawk, I have not, except on the basketball um, uh, court. Um, not really haven't paid much attention on the football field, but on the basketball court, um, they, I, I dare say, they will worry their prey to death and take advantage. So tell us about the story of the um, maybe not so mythical Jayhawk. I have to tell you, before I ever came to Kansas, they sold jackalopes, you know, mounted jackalopes or jackalope mounts in um, a store back home that just sold everything and um I see these things and they said that they came from out west you know they, they were smart enough not to say these were growing around the hills of Virginia North Carolina but these were uh killed and uh captured out west and you know mounted and I'm like oh my gosh and it was uh it was a while before I realized that these taxidermy jackalopes were um maybe Two or three animals that the taxidermists got creative with. Well,
1: you know, Deb, it's interesting because when you look up the jack, when you look up and read about jackalopes, there are actually um, it has antecedents in the ancient and medieval and Renaissance world in Europe. Um, actually, in Persia, in the 12th and 13th century, there are. Uh, Stories about these rabbits, large rabbits with single horns that are similar to that of a unicorn. Um, in medieval and Renaissance Europe, um, in particular in Bavaria, there are numerous stories about horned, large horned rabbits. And so I think, you know, these ideas come to us from literature and from art. And so then they get reinterpreted. In different time periods. And of course, with so many Europeans who eventually made their way to America uh, as immigrants, then they begin to reinterpret things from the old country. And so that is one explanation as to how we got jackalopes.
0: Well, I think most of these come from beer and whiskey and just about any age you wanna talk about and um, as a historian I have often said you can divide history into two er eras before Prozac and after Prozac and these obviously occurred before Prozac you know they should just put Prozac in the water anymore but um yeah I I think there was some alcohol involved in these creatures I I dare say I I would bet on it
1: well and I would you know, I'm sure there was a fair amount of alcohol involved in jayhawks and jayhawking, and uh, no doubt. I, I think that's interesting how actually the Jay, you know the jayhawkers, um, those Kansans who would go across to Missouri during uh, the territorial period in the Civil War, and as you said, loot and plunder. Um, their actual mythical bird becomes a verb. It's they were jayhawking. And you see in the newspapers, references to jayhawking in the papers. So it's not only a mythical creature, it's also a verb. So it gets double duty in our language.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so far jackaloping hasn't become a verb, but hey, it could happen, it could happen. Hey, stay with us, we'll be right back. Welcome to the Western Kansas Wildlife Travel Center right here in my hometown of Oakley, Kansas. We're the front door of Western Kansas located on three main highways, I-70, US-83, and US-40. And all those roads lead to history, beautiful scenery, and adventure no matter which direction you go. We now have an IHOP. Brand that you've trusted up and down the road in all your travels is staffed with local folks, real people just like you and me, and we're waiting on you to join us. So for fun, adventure, fuel up, fuel your body, and let's have some fun. Howdy. I'm Seth Hayes, and welcome to my hometown from then to now. Council Grove has a rich history as deep as the prairie tall grass. Spend the day visiting 25 historic sites or explore the unique shops and restaurants or mosey out of town along the Santa Fe Trail. Y'all visit my hometown, Council Grove, in the heart of the Flint Hills.
1: Hi, welcome back to Wildlife Wednesday on Around Kansas. I'm Michelle Martin.
0: And I'm Deb Goodrich.
1: You know, Deb, um, what I found fascinating looking at jackalopes, believe it or not, there may actually have been a time in history, especially in the Central Plains and the Northern Plains, where rabbits were infected with something called the Shope papillomavirus. I know I'm getting all scientific on you, but this virus was said to have caused these bizarre growths on the heads and faces of the rabbits. Therefore, people may have been interpreting those as horns. And sometimes they actually were called horn rabbits. Um, And so, hence, jukeloat. And actually, in the 1930s, in about 1933, 1934, there were wildlife veterinarians and physicians who examined wild cottontail rabbits in Kansas and noted these protuberances, these bizarre growths on them and classified them as the choke papillomavirus and ex- described them as rabbits with, with horned protuberances. So there <laughs> is some- Possible truth to the idea of the jackalope but it really picks up popularity in Wyoming uh, when uh, some gentlemen start uh, hunting and applying their taxidermy skill and take the horns and the rabbit and put them together and voila the jackalope and of course how many times can you go into a Western town somewhere and go into a local bar and find a jackalope above the bar? Oh, I mean, yeah. they're everywhere.
0: Yeah, they, they really are. But like I said, you can't make this stuff up. You know, that they maybe a few of them really protuberances. Oh, for goodness sake. Is that not what's the word for nose? Is that uh, it's something like that proboscis? Prob, what is that word? <laughs> something, protuberance, so yeah, big protuberance, (laughs) oh gosh, oh, who knew people, that's why we're here for you, so you can learn all these things, uh, it reminds me, and this is obviously not mythic, but it was a really cute take on it, Um, One of our friends here in Western Kansas talked about the first time that, I think it was his grandfather saw a pheasant. And of course, pheasants are not native to Kansas. They are actually from China. So you would expect to find such an exotic looking bird in China, but not in Western Kansas, especially several years ago. So the little boy saw a pheasant for the first time and he ran home and told his mother, that he just seen a baby dragon, and I'm like, "Is that the cutest description of a pheasant you ever heard?" That, that he thought it was a baby dragon, but you, I, it makes sense. I mean, you can see why he'd seen pictures of dragons in his in his storybooks, mm-hmm. and that I I can see where he would think that just dragon had just hatched out, and there it was.
1: Well, and little did he know, if he was around uh, your neck of the woods in Kansas. At one point in time in our history, he would have seen a dragon, dragon.
0: Maybe not breathing fire, but a a dragon nonetheless. So that reminds me, we need to throw this in talking about um, mythic creatures. And yeah, we might as well throw in dragons. Our friend Marla Matkin has written that really sweet book, um, A Dragon's Tale, that we hope to have published by the end of the year, so maybe in time for Christmas. And it's such a sweet story of a little boy who was growing up at Fort Wallace when Dr. Turner discovered the plesiosaur. And to him, that's a dragon. And he has read King Arthur's tales and slaying dragons. And so it just sparks his imagination. It's a wonderful story. Can't wait for that to come out.
1: I know. And you know, folks, really, Whether you're thinking about jackalopes and their protuberances or John Brown Jayhawks, it's all about the power of the Kansas imagination. Isn't that the truth? So folks, we've loved
0: spending this time with you today. This one's been a lot of fun and we look forward to visiting with you next time. And in the meantime, I'm Deb Goodrich. And I'm Michelle Martin. And we will see you somewhere around Around Kansas. around. Kansas. Probably not riding a
1: jackalope. (laughs) Bye-bye. Okay, looks like it's time for our tour. Welcome to the Fort Wallace Museum. Here at the museum, you're gonna find some really interesting stuff like our replica stagecoach from the Butterfield Overland Dispatch. We've got facades from the fort buildings, and we've got an 1870s flag there's a plesiosaur that was discovered locally. We've got the ray pump organ collection. We're a little B place with a great big story, and we'd love to have you. In
0: 1821, a trade route was opened from Missouri in the United States across prairies and mountains to Mexico. In 2021, we will mark 200 years of epic conflicts and grand adventures, larger than life personalities sweeping landscapes. Join us on an historic journey. The Santa Fe Trail lives on. Find us on social media or santafetrail.org.